0: There we go, dude. I like the abruptness of that. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to This Pink Cloud, Season 3, Episode 4. I didn't realize we would make it this far, but we have. Season 3, Episode 4. Hey, if you're watching us on YouTube, it's really easy. Uh, Do me a favor. Click the subscribe button. We're also on all podcast formats, so... uh, Hey, I just had some echo. I like it. Um, but uh th- let's see. Uh okay. So yeah, be sure and subscribe to the uh podcast, follow it, share it, comment, all that good stuff. Um I wanna also hit uh let's let's go ahead and I, I and I'm I'm running the board now, guys, so it's gonna be trouble. <laughs> just so <laughs> you know. Uh oh, well, first off, let me introduce my guest right over here. That is the one Josh Jordan. uh, Oh, no, that's Henry Boyce. And then let's see if we can get it both up right here. Oh, but see, they're on top of each other. (laughs) That is not Josh Jordan. The other guy is Josh Jordan.
1: Henry, Josh.
0: Yeah, And and then, oh, we also have Dusty Burrows, (laughs) so you can be Dusty Burrows today. (laughs) (laughs) We all love Dusty. But, hey, Josh, um, thanks for sitting in again. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, You know, we know Dylan's going through his thing. So, uh, you know, we'll recap with him and, uh, you know, circle back. But he's in the right place. The right place. The right place at the right time, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. To, To be determined. To be determined. Let's get that big shot. That group shot. Oh, there we go. And there's, there's our friend Fitz, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fitz is, uh, Fitz is helping us out uh, with the uh, audio portion and all that good stuff. Um, and then sitting actually right uh, here. There we go. This, the strange this strange guy uh, sitting in the flannel, kind of looking like a gang member. <laughs> um, in the, in the, beor- in the <laughs> Beard Gang, uh, <laughs> is my good friend. I can call him a gang member. Yep, he um, can. Hey, are can. you gang-affiliated? <laughs> no, anyway, this is Blake Berwick, and Blake uh, actually works with uh, Henry, and we will get into that. Uh, just real quick, I want to put this up. Uh, This is our sponsor, which would be summersky.us. That's www.summersky.us. Their phone number is 888-857-8857. Once again, that is 888-857-8857. It's a place where I got sober. Hey, and if I can do it, you can do it. Hot damn. Is that Summer Sky Dreaming Facility? Mm-hmm. That is Summer Sky out in lovely Stephenville, oh, Texas. I, I went there when I was 18. Did you? <laughs> I did. <Wow. laughs> I, there, I can't wait to get into this. I went this. there when I was 18. Back in 1967. Hey, uh, back, uh, back in 1967. <laughs> uh, here, let's get let's get this shot up. Man. There we go, Josh Jordan, and then take the uh, – that's Henry Boyce, by the way. Here, yeah. right, Let's get that. Thanks. Is this
2: Henry? Which yeah. one is Henry? I'm Henry. I'm I know my there we me. it's run dude, it's run
0: by the inmates here, I tell oh you. Right. That, yeah. man. But uh okay, so I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, you know, I've been in uh, I've been in the recovery industry for about uh like six months or so and I've heard uh, you know, your name and it's always favorable and uh are you, are you taking down notes <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you taking down notes or, or he do you said have
2: my name is always favorable there <laughs> <he> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> we have a court these <laughs> st- are positive things i put up we, on my we board. actually have a court stenographer
0: yeah, in gonna, the other room so i have a whiteboard so, yeah. white <laughs> in my
2: room i'm gonna put this up they always <laughs> say it's favorable <laughs> 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 but uh yeah
0: so yeah henry why do you spell your name with an i how uh, my parents were hippies. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it, another note is my middle name is Gaylord. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Henri Gaylord. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's like it's, it's, You're... it didn't really become funny till Meet the Fockers came out. All oh, right. But <laughs> when that came out, I was screwed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so was, yeah, was, I'm so not like,
0: going yeah. by Gaylord ever. Yeah. They already,
2: they already beat me up every day after school, but then they really beat oh, me up. Wow. You know, so right. It, it was like, you know what, man? You know what's coming. I know. I know. You know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, lots, lots of energy well, in this room. Lots of energy. If you yeah.
1: use if you have an iPhone, uh-huh. right? If you're never mind. If you have an iPhone and you ask Siri to call Henry, mm-hmm. she'll say calling Henri. Calling yeah. Henri.
0: I do you prefer Henri? No, I <laughs> or don't. Or do <laughs> <That> you? I prefer Henry? But
2: but what I know I am is Henri for yeah, sure. There we go. <laughs> I'm a, there I'm we an Henri go. Henri that's named
0: Henry. <laughs> hey dude, you're supposed to hit the rim shot over oh, there, Josh. Where is it? There is yeah. the rim shot. It's over there somewhere. you should have traded
2: spots. I would have totally done that. Thick (laughs) thick clip. I would have thick-clipped it.
0: There you go. Thick clip. Anyway, it's over there somewhere. But, okay, so Henry Boyce, uh, the reason why I decided to do (coughs) this show, this podcast, that whole thing, um, is because... You know, I think that there there was so much when I was just coming up and getting sober and stuff that I didn't actually really, yeah, I need to put my own shot on as I'm talking. Um, But, you know, I didn't really know that, uh, you know, half of this stuff existed. I'm like, you know. Um, I mean, obviously from the rooms to the 12-step, that's the first one that everybody pretty much knows or, or, or uses as an asset, but then there's like recovery coaching and all this stuff and then sober livings, and uh, there's a sh- whole recovery thing that's going on that not necessarily everybody knows, but you happen to be, and I would say quite successful um, but at recovery coaching. So you have your own recovery practice, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we, we um, you know, we, and we changed this up a couple of years ago. We kind of got away from the terminology recovery coach. Um, and there's a big reason for that. We, um, you know, we work with, I mean, I would say 85, 90% of our clients, their primary is mental health. So, mm-hmm. you know, we try to stick with life coaching just because it kind of takes that stigma away a little bit. Um, and we work on such a wide spectrum. I mean, we, we, I think recovery coaching in general has kind of a, um, a stigma with, you know, hey, it's, it's you're showing up and taking them to the meet, you know, meetings, taking them to, 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 to do the things that they do with their recovery programs and different things like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's a small piece of it. You know, there's so many areas of, of somebody's life that they're working on. I mean, we, we work with kids with, you know, um, they're on the spectrum that have bipolar disorder, reactive attachment disorder, personality mm-hmm. disorders. Um, from all different scales, Mm -hmm. so, um, and, and, and who have struggled with severe trauma, so, you know, that's kind of the reason for it, because the reality is, is that, like, we're navigating down all areas of life, you know, their family, their, their recovery, their mental health, their spirituality, you know, their friendships, their, their school, you know, their intimate relationships, I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of the kids we're working with, you know, they're, they're navigating through puberty, and, and growing and all the hormones are going and they're doing their thing. Well, what,
0: okay. So like what, what age group? Okay. First off, what, uh, what, let me switch the shot so we can get my gang member on here. Oh yeah. Ready to roll. (laughs) But, uh, so you say that, so you're, you want to, I mean, what would you identify it as instead of recovery coaching? I know I have personally an RSPS, which is, Uh, You know, recovery support peer specialist, uh, you know, because everything has to be PC and have a groovy acronym now. But what would you explain, like, I mean, what uh, exactly, like, would be a good encompassing title for what you do? Uh,
2: I mean, recovery specialist. Recovery specialist. I mean, that's, that's what we are. So, the, actually, before it was RSPSs, PRSS, Peer Recovery Support Specialist. Mm-hmm. And then they just changed it, uh, I think, this last year to RSPS. We got grandfathered in. So, we're we're PRSSs, but it's the same thing, same training. Uh, and then the MHPS, we also have that certification as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, and, and we do all broad spectrum. So, I mean, we do... We do uh, life coaching with adolescents and young adults. Okay, this and I was going to
0: our... say, what is the age group? What are we talking?
2: Uh, we're looking at around 14. Mm-hmm. You know, I say that because you know, if, if there was a 13-year-old who was, who, was, who was more mature, 13 that age where they start getting into preteen, navigating through that, but 14 up to 25 is, right. is really where our, our – a- Your wheelhouse. Yeah, and, and more uh, – we probably deal with more 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds than anything.
0: And, and it's just – just guys, or nope. oh, okay? No, it's, so.
2: it's it's we have uh, we have Erica and myself, and then we also have Mel and we have Blake. So oh. you know, we work with females and males. We're very much gender specific on that one. And what okay. I mean by that is because I need to offer clarity on that. Yeah. Um, is uh, so you know Erica and, and Mel work with females, and and we, and we'll work with the families. Where whenever we do you know males, we work with the males, and Erica works with the, and Erica and Mel work with the families because we do case management for families as well. Okay, yeah, Uh, and
0: that's an important thing. I mean, and that's an important part of the puzzle. And I like that you, um, you know, you actually brought that up is because, you know, a lot of people in the family, they go, oh, okay, well, they they have the problem. You know, they're, my son or my daughter, they have the problem. And what they don't realize is that, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be involved in that person's recovery, or be, you know, a, an important component, and actually know what's going on as far as that's concerned.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I do want to add one more thing to that, the gender specific, because mm-hmm. uh, gender identity is such a big thing now. Right. Um, it's, I mean, it's always been a big thing, but but it's really, um, I feel sp- like I feel like the last couple of years, it's it's really spiked as far as you know, you know, um, adolescents uh, struggling with who they are. Right, um, and so we we're also sens- very sensitive to that. Um, anybody who's wanting to get in this field, I would I would there's a training, um, CCMI training, which the actual the the the, the point is the training. Uh, yeah. They do a really good job on like a cultural weekend. Yeah, and, 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 and like and the cultural really awareness and stuff like that. It's so important. Yeah, right, I mean, it, I
0: mean, it's cool that Josh liked Barbies growing up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you mm-hmm. know, there's I no did, problem. I with did that. too.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100 <laughs> And and so, but in saying that, it's it's like if I if I have someone who is biologically a male, uh, but, sure. but they identify as a female and they felt more comfortable working with Erica or Mel, we would we would be sensitive. To that. You it's would like yeah, hundred percent. You would accommodate that. Hundred percent.
0: Well, okay. So th- this guy that's sitting next to me, Blake Berwick, mm-hmm. I've actually known him uh, through a uh, place we work. Uh, we worked at simultaneously, and he, and he's just one of those. Um, I I don't know adj- one of those guys that you're just kind of drawn to, kind of kind of like a strong personality or somebody that that the younger guys look up to. 100%. Blake Berwick, I'm glad you're on the show, dude. I'm glad you uh, surprised us and showed up today. Yeah, that's my style. Just <laughs> pop up, uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, oh yeah, we'll get a mic for you, no problem, dude. There's extra ones. But why don't you tell? Like, I mean, h- cause I mean, did. And I don't know if we're HIPAA, but, I mean, I'm sure you're down to share. Did you actually work with Henry, and and is that how, you know, you forged this relationship? Or tell us a little bit of your story.
3: Are you saying as, like, did Henry, like, was he, like, my life coach? Yeah. So, no, I actually met Henry through, through some of the guys he worked with. I happened to be two of their sponsors, so I was going through that, and I met Henry. And then we ended up going on a... A trip and camping trip and we got we got close you know we got connected we built a relationship and you know I kind of stood on the outside and you know I saw how he operated and you know I saw what he did Mm -hmm. and you know I fell in love with the process you know I saw I saw what he was doing made a difference and I was like man I want to be a part of that and you know took took a couple months almost a year to you know be be around there of us both seeing each other and building that relationship to where I got to the point now where I get to get to work with Henry and got to do what he does that I fell in love with kind of watching from a third party perspective.
0: Right. Okay. I like that. And, and just so everybody knows, I mean like, you know, I'm going to identify as an alcoholic because I do. And I mean, I know you had a DOC. I don't know if you'd like, yeah, I'm a heroin addict. Yeah. Yeah. So I see this guy. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, Hold on, let's let's pan over to the uh other side of the room. Mm. Uh shout out heroin yeah. Josh. Heroin Josh. <laughs> Hero- t- yeah. A- a- yeah, I mean it's
2: and <laughs> a- what was your DOC? Uh, I mean, if I had to pile it up, I mean, more. Yeah. You know, was, it, was that's whatever. what I, yeah. yeah. And, and, but, I mean, if I really came down to, you know, meth and alcohol. Okay. At the end, my last six years of, of drinking and using was meth and alcohol. Man.
0: Right. So well, and I always I always do the, uh, I, I was like a cocaine, but mostly alcohol. And it was cocaine, so I could drink more alcohol. Yeah. And I'm sure that was kind of the same thing for the meth, right? <laughs> Very committed alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I, I want to drink better. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. I want 100%. to be more successful at intaking more
1: <laughs> alcohol, yeah. so
0: I need to stay away.
2: Hundred percent.
1: I've got a story. I want to tell yeah. the origin story of the Henry boyce Josh Jordan bromance. Okay, let's We're hear like it. Four dude. years running, five years running five now. Years, yeah. And uh, so I had opened these sober living houses, Cardinal House, and. Uh, Henry got sober before me, and I'm seeing this you know guy in his camo hoodie at the local meeting and he's yelling about finding God or dying. And not literally he wasn't one of those, but he was outspoken and like something powerful had happened in his life and everybody listened when he spoke and that continues to be the case. But uh, so I'm starting to work in the field, right, outside of this kind of for fun and free mm-hmm. uh, recovery community. And um, I don't remember how it happened, but I know that he hit me up and he's like, hey, I know that you do this but like how do you still be you know how do you still have integrity as just like a person in recovery and all that while still doing this kind of businessy side of things and Mm -hmm. we ended up going to get coffee and we're talking about you know sponsorship lineage and blah blah I'm like coming down to this conference I'm going to next week and so we roll down there together and just inseparable ever Mm -hmm. since right like both getting to Like I got to work for BFR back when it was interventions and transports, and I got to sit in on BFR. I don't know what that is. Boys' Family Recovery. Okay, uh, there we go. Solutions. (laughs) Anyways, uh, you know they were doing interventions. I got to go sit in on that, and they helped me learn kind of what that looks. And I don't know how many we did. We got all these yeses and all these kind of rebuilt families. And uh, anyways, like it's blown up, right? And I remember. Henry calls me the first time that he took a call from an adolescent's family, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a, that's a whole different thing that I am so ill-equipped to even begin to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was like, I don't know, but I think yes. I think, you know, given his personal history and, and everything that he's healed from and done work on and blah, 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 like, why not? So he goes over, and he calls me, and I remember, <laughs> I remember he's leaving. He's like, I haven't felt the presence of God that powerfully, in a long time. And I don't, you know, what was that, two, three years ago now? yeah. And like everything switched over and like you're just watching all these kids. And I think like I had the same stigma around coaching and like Mm -hmm. paid sponsorship Mm -hmm. and like, dude, if that's not the biggest crock of shit, excuse my language, because what I failed to consider at the time when I had that thinking was, uh, there's a phrase called raising the bottom, right? Like Mm. if you can get families involved A, if you have an alcoholic mind, as it's described in 12-step recovery, there's no such thing as rock bottom. You will continue to lower your standards until you're dead, period. Right. Like that, you either have this illness, and that's what it looks like, or not, and that's okay. Uh, But if you can get a family on board, and even an individual, like really realistically looking at their circumstances, you don't have to wait until they're living on a street corner or under a bridge, and they're, you know, they got... Diseases and criminal— tr- you don't have to wait for that. Mm-hmm. If you can get with somebody who can help you navigate through all that and raise the bottom to meet that individual where they're at, sure, great change can start there. Yeah, and you don't have to be in a life-threatening situation to do that. And so it's—it's it's just wild to watch. That this blow that up. That you know was beautiful,
0: was. dude. I've, I've got a single tear this this going down my <laughs> dude they It's they powerful uh, stuff. No, and I—I I love it. Um, okay, so just like softball question. But what made you want to start, like, um, I guess, a counseling – okay. I want to get this correct. What do you consider yourself? Not a recovery coach,
2: recovery solution. Yeah, so we're we're pure recovery support specialists. So, okay. So, uh, as far as the state of Texas is concerned, right. That's what we are. Okay.
0: So <laughs> what made you, what made you want to get in? Because I know there's a lot of people like me. I'm like I want to you know I want to I want to go in. I you know I want to give back. I want to try to help people navigate the maze. I want people you know to to know certain things and that I know that I can impart to them to help them. So what made you um, want to start? And then, you know, what would you recommend? I mean, and and how did you start? Because, I mean, really, you know, it's kind of a tricky thing. Like, you don't just open up and then all of a sudden have a practice you know it, it's 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 definitely probably some growth pain, so let's get into that.
2: It'd be cool if it was like that dude. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, I just opened up and I gave myself a job
2: <laughs> uh, so Eric and I moved back to the Metroplex around two thousand sixteen and uh no, actually sooner than that, I think um no, it was sixteen um no 14, fifteen sorry anyway we um and when we moved back, we knew God was. We felt that God was calling us to do something. I worked in the swimming pool industry um, from, like, 17 to, like, I mean, honestly, I just – I still had some um, ties with another business uh, a couple of years ago, so I I just really got fully, completely out a couple of years ago because when you're building a business, it's not – I mean, it's not what I- it's not what it sounds like it is. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, it sounds like, like, like fun. You know, it sounds like yeah.
0: well, it's just like it's the same thing. It's the same thing with the podcast. It's like yeah. oh, it sounds fun, but <laughs> oh, then there's yeah. this whole technical aspect to it, yeah. and then there's all this work and uh, you know, actually, you know, lining up guests and stuff like that. So I can only imagine, you know, how how did it start for you? I mean, did you yeah. just start like coaching one guy and no, then no. So
2: so um. Um, like I said, we, and we have four kids. So, I mean, we had to support, you know, obviously I need to continue put food on the table. Right. So I was working, uh, there was a summer that there was a guy working with me um, who was just kind of a helper throughout the summer, really nice guy. Um, he was actually, him and his his young wife and his son were, were a little little boy was getting prepared to do um, missionary work out in Haiti. And mm-hmm. so this is like a job to kind of keep ends meet and, and – he knew my story cuz i've always been really really open with that i've never i've always when i got sober i i knew that like i just i've always been i don't I, that's just part of who i am and you know he showed up to work one day and he asked me for help he said look man my my um you know my my mother in law has been using pills for 20 years you know we really need some help and obviously we didn't we didn't charge me i was straight up with it i was like look i've i've talked to families i've been doing this for a bit. Li- i've never this will be the first time we've done anything this, so we'll help the best we can. Right, and are you, are you and talking like intervention? Yeah, it was or, intervention. Okay. It okay. Was inter- and Eric and I did it, and... And we did pre-intervention, we talked to some people to kind of get the idea. We did a pre-intervention with them and then we did an intervention. It took five hours in this this did this you have and
0: did you have like kind of an intervention training as well? Or at this moment? Get, yeah. No. Okay, yeah. No. We, what, it was, I, it was I saw w- it on TV. It was purely. I, I saw it, it on, on TV point. before. And, and nor and I want to be clear, we yeah. didn't we didn't charge them anything. Sure. Right? We were like, yeah. hey, we're
2: willing to help. Right. And we got the basis down and we sat down with this family. And, uh, and we brought God into it. That's what we knew we needed. Mm-hmm. And we brought God into it. And we spent five hours. And so this is the neat part of the story. Okay. They had ten siblings from the ages of ten all the way up to, like, 28 years old. And I didn't – I don't know if you guys – how God works, right? But, like, for me, it's always in pieces, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I don't always get to see the whole picture and thank God for it. Right. Right? And And so, like, at that moment, I didn't – I knew that the kids had a significance, but I didn't know that the, the the whole deal. Um, the mom went the treatment, mm-hmm. which was, and me and Eric were like, "Yeah, like, we right. were like this is this <laughs> oh, is success, what God's calling right. us to yeah. do." Uh-huh. And we got really lucky because you know we started talking to people, and we had about three different people tell us like, "You need to, guys need to get into some training." So we did trainings like IRI Re- International Recovery Institute. We did the ARISE training, which is an, a clinical intervention model. Uh, we got into doing the PRSS training, you know, through the state because we knew we need to get certified so we can get liability insurance through NADAC. Know, different things like that because we need to start so we, we got the llc going nadec okay i'm and i'm remembering that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah insurance yeah. is always yeah because you'll yeah. have to put your number yeah. you'll need to put your number on there for for your certification so they can Right, you know, and hey, to and, and to bill medicaid yeah, right yeah. no that's not <laughs> no. that's not it at all uh, Oh, okay that's that's yeah. not about insurance oh, Okay. So, gotcha. um no it's so you can have liability insurance because if you're transporting the kid oh yeah and they, and, and you've 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 said hey i can i can make sure he gets there safely mm-hmm. or you're working with a, with, with with somebody and you say you can, you, you're, you know, you're liable, mm-hmm. oh you're yeah, yeah. in your care, you sure. you're liable. So having liability insurance to protect yourself uh-huh. from the things that can happen in this industry are very important. Right. has okay. nothing to do with billing Medicaid. Sure. Uh, they've been talking about Medicaid billing for years. It should be done. Coaching should be a, a build thing through insurance. So parent so families don't have to spend the money they have to spend right. on what we do. Right. And we're in a field already that's the standard is so high that it's it's almost disgusting, mm-hmm. right? How much that, that and, But I'm gonna answer the question <laughs> before I start going down this because this could change no, no, gears no, it's real okay, quick, dude, I'm So crazy. anyway, anyway, but um, so we kind of rolled in, and once we got training, we understood what coaching was and wasn't because I very much had the same beliefs, right? Because I saw coaches around the twelve step fellowships, right? Mm-hmm. I saw, and I'm like, what is this? It's like, so what are you actually doing?
0: you mm-hmm. know, other
2: than like going out to dinner and like making sure they're doing what they could already do on their own. Right. Right. And, and once I understood what coaching was mm-hmm. and like what the direction, then we kind of started, you know, we start going in a direction and well, we Well, why don't doing we, everything. why don't
0: we dive into that a little yeah. bit? Uh, you know, I mean, what, what is it besides that, that you do?
2: Well, so like, so I'm going to do it because <laughs> I, I do it on, on, on pen and paper all the time. So uh-huh. a piece of it, uh-huh. right, is like first and foremost, like Everyone who comes to us has has some sort of substance abuse issues, right? Right. Like we don't get a call from anybody that doesn't have hasn't been dabbling in something, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We assess the situation to see what that dabbling looks like. If I get a call from a mom Mm -hmm. and they're like, you know, little Jimmy's been smoking pot, Uh, right? You know, and I'm going down and and I'm took the pot, you know, yeah, he took it twice, and (laughs) and I'm going down the list, and this kid's not really having other issues. Uh huh. Right, like the answer isn't well. You need to send him the 90 days of treatment, and we need <laughs> right. to do this and we need to get he us needs to go hard, quick. dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like. But when we start assessing situations, and there's a kid that's obviously trying to self-medicate, trying to change what's going on. Like, mm. there's a darkness to him. Like, there's a change. Right, in, like, like where like, he's trying to like, alter like, his like, reality like on a regular basis. Hundred percent, yeah. right? That's where we start assessing the level of care needed. Mm-hmm. So part of our job is assess a level of care. You know, mm. do they need to go to treatment? Do they need do they need to get like a do they need to start with maybe maybe a process of coaching with some therapy involved? Mm-hmm. You know, where's the willingness standard on that? How far down the scale is this kid gone? Right. Because I'll tell you this about adolescence. Okay. You take a kid who's been smoking some pot and vaping mm-hmm. and you put them in 90 days of treatment, they're going to come out of that treatment facility Fully armed, <laughs> yeah, with, oh, yeah, with what They're it looks like to smoke up. crack yeah, and right. shoot meth and shoot heroin and all these other things, they are right. way more informed than they ever needed to be. Oh, yeah, when they weren't even at a spot yet where they needed, they need, the, they needed even to go there yet, sure, right? So, being able to kind of look at the levels of care and know the options, so knowing, knowing places like Cardinal House and Brazos and. And um, and chapter house and 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 all these other places and know what they do, what level of care they offer. Mm-hmm. So when I go to your facilities, like I'm not like it's great, man. Like man, we got zip lines and horses and equine therapy. Come on, equine therapy. Equine yeah. therapy is really great for someone right. who has some major trauma. But like right. all the other the, the 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 shiny little bells and whistles that mm-hmm. like attract on the website and track this and that. My questions are: What do you do? So you guys talk about that we do individualized care explain that to me Mm -hmm. and they're like well i mean once a week we're meeting with the client okay that already happens in every other treatment facility so what's the individualized level of care Mm -hmm. well you know we have them maybe meet twice a week okay so that's if they go on the mental health track as a primary so what's the i want to know what the individualized care i want to know what the treatment center what they're actually doing what work is being done here right you know what i mean well and you
0: want to make sure that if they need that level of care that that care actually the level of care fits Hundred
2: percent, right? Right. And 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 so and it's not like one shoe fits all, you know. There's a facility called Recovery Unplugged, right? Mm -hmm. I will I'll be honest. When I first heard about this facility, I'm like, oh, recovery with music—that sounds really cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I met a girl when I was at a vape shop in Austin, Texas. Okay, that's already good. (laughs) Right, right, right. Oh no, she was working. She was behind the counter. She was checking us out. And she got sober at Recovery Unplugged. She was a young artist Mm -hmm. who got sober at Recovery Unplugged and been sober for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Recovery Unplugged changed her life, helped her fall in love with music again, Mm -hmm. right? Brazos is is a phenomenal program. It is a a phenomenal 12-step clinically immersed. They do a lot of trauma work there along with that 12-step immersion. It is a great program. I've known a lot of men who've come out of their program and, like, they are armed with the facts about who they are and ready to take on the world. I've met the Brazos boys. Right? Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? They, they, they're they, big on that. Hey, I'm a Brazo boy. I know what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, here, no, right? no, no, no. There's, right. definitely,
0: there's definitely, I notice, uh, you know, um, there's a fraternity there for sure. Right. For sure. But, I, but <laughs> something that you brought up um, is the whole addressing the trauma um, because – in in the majority of cases um there is trauma that's causing that individual to want to escape their reality or that you know they're not comfortable in their own skin Mm -hmm. um you know and i I i wanted to talk on that point a little bit because i think that's that's important that people don't realize that that's a huge part of the recovery is addressing and and Frankly, the 12 steps are, are designed for you to deal with that 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 trauma as well. I mean, as a part of it, not the whole 12 steps altogether. But, I mean, you know, there's that component to it. Right.
2: So. Well, let's go around the circle, okay. right? Because you asked a very specific question, like, mm-hmm. what sets life coaching aside from just being the guy that takes in the meetings, mm-hmm. right? So we can go to the trauma next, like mental health mm-hmm. and trauma next, right? So part of our job also is to make sure and assess the – Trauma and assess mental, you know, where they're struggling with mental health, right? If it's even identified, mm-hmm. right? So when you're under the age of 18 years old, you know, the DSM-5 is about that big. Mm-hmm. Loads of disorders in there, loads of different information. Well, when you're under the age of 18, about that much matters, mm-hmm. right? So there's only a handful of things in in that DSM-5 that that can. Uh, pertain to you Mm -hmm. as an as as an individual so also making sure they have the right type of therapist for what they can do and that therapist is armed with navigating through and getting to the basis of the traumas because here's the other piece of it right
0: like so because if there's somebody that's like a sex sex addict um you know or anything like that then you want to get them specialized with the correct therapist
2: right 100 percent, right but when you're dealing with kids right the reason it's like that is because, exactly what we talked about before, they're going through a lot of hormonal changes. They're going through um, puberty. They're navigating through th- – guess what? By the time we hit 16, we all are selfish, right? We're all extremely, f- extreme extreme selfishness to the core, right? And right. we think we know everything and this and that. Being able to, to connect with a kid on that level, because what is the number one thing they say? Two things. One, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Two – no one understands. The yeah. only people oh, yeah. that I understand are my friends. Yeah. And nine times out, of ten, when they're in this situation like this, the only friends that understand are friends who are very similar situations that they're in. Mm-hmm. Right. So just uh, for the record, we don't come in and be like, "Well, you need to get rid of your friends." Bro. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a really good way for th- uh, for for a kid. I, I think
0: that would go over yeah. really well. No, that's a really yeah. good
2: way for a kid, right? To sit here and say, "Okay, so you're just like everyone else." No, man. Our approach is very much like, "Hey, look let me let me tell you about what it was like for me as a kid and going uh-huh. back to like Josh's." Story. The reason I had such a spiritual experience—it's actually full circle. It's completely full circle. I was in and out of churches before I ever found 12 Steps, Mm -hmm. and for the longest time, when I was in and out of churches, I felt like I was called to work with youth. Mm -hmm. Right? I let go of that. Right? Like, 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 just you know, I I got into 12 Step fellowships, and and I kind of let go of like that being some sort of thing in my life. And then, right, three years in to doing what we do now. I go and speak at an adolescent facility and i cry for 45 minutes on the way home because i felt the presence of god in my life and i knew for a fact what i needed to do was work with kids a week later a good friend of mine sits me down and says what if you start coaching teenagers and that's when josh got the phone call uh-huh. and the moment we made that decision also all all sort of remarkable things came up right right, right the, the the gates opened and put us in position because i have a un- i have a story a unique story that's the cool thing about being prss or mhp you know mh rs rsps i'll get yeah, it right M-
0: rsps and mhps yeah
2: mhps yeah it's because you know part of my story is is severe trauma i grew mm-hmm. up in a home where i was alcoholism was prevalent i'm an adult child of an alcoholic Trauma, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, Mm -hmm. physical abuse. I mean, all these things were happening. So by the time I hit 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, Mm -hmm. I'm all over the place. I get asked this question a lot. Do you think if you had a coach in your life when you were at that age, something would have been different? I I actually came up with an answer that I think is completely valid. and—and—and I don't know if I would have changed. But what I do know is that I wanted connection. Mm -hmm. And I would have connected with somebody. Now, that may have just been a a seed-planting moment that down the road I remembered Mr. Henry that showed up in my life and really tried to meet me where I'm at, Mm. right? Because I think that's all the experiences that we have is when we come in here. I I know for me, when I came in, finally got sober in 13, right, like— all those seeds that were planted all of a sudden came in, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, I remember the, the pastor that tried to help me out. I remember this guy. I remember this guy. I remember everything I was told the last three years when I was in and out of the fellowships, Sure. <laughs> you know? And, and so, but I do know the connection would have been made and that's what we try to do. Our, our goal is to spend time connecting with these kids and helping them see like, man, you're not alone. Like this is what happened to me when I was 16 years old, Right. which opens up the door to kind of help them. And man, listening, like these kids will tell you everything if they feel a little bit of trust. Oh yeah. And through that process it helps us kind of get a gauge on okay, is 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 heading down a road of working on trauma. And I wanna be clear on this too. Mm-hmm. We don't believe in big Ts and little T's. Right. There's no such thing I as have big heard traumas that, yeah. and little traumas, mm-hmm. right? We believe that trauma is trauma, whether whether par- a kid had a great life and their parents split up when they were 13 years or old, or their parents named them Henri, yeah, or their parents <laughs> named him <them> Henri, right? <laughs> or, or 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 you know their their father has been molesting them for the first six years of their life, yeah, sure. You know these are the things that we these are these are the cases that we we feel like God puts in our lives. We work with some really tough cases, and we've mm-hmm. worked on some really mm-hmm. tough cases. But that's, that's our process, so navigating through the trauma, navigating through the things like that. W- we work more closely with therapists than we do anybody else. And well,
0: I was going to say, and not to give away your secret sauce or, or anything like that, but where, where do you, I mean, I, I guess at, at this point it's probably more like word of, uh, word of mouth um, as far as, you know, how clients hear about you because you've been, how long have you done this
2: now? Uh, we start in 2017 so
0: 2017 so you got a little traction going but like as as far as that and building like I- if you're a recovery or reco- uh, report uh, recovery support peer specialist sorry um, you know if you're aspiring to do that what would you like I mean what would you recommend to do like I mean where would where would you get your clients I mean just from friends and recommendations or i mean do you have a do you find like maybe like uh through the church or do you have different relationships with therapists or is it a combination of pretty much everything
2: well i mean i i have a belief that this is what god wanted us to do mm-hmm. i i i as you know i'm just going to be straightforward with it i I think there's a lot of people out there who want to who like the idea of doing this work and some of it's because of straight altruism i've met some really great people in trainings who you really just want to do it Mm -hmm. right and they feel like it's something they want to do and i think everyone if they feel like they want to help people should should consider the idea of navigating down that road the reason i talk about the god aspect of it is like everything lined up like we we went to, like, a business development thing. Like, there's, st- there's TAP, right? So we mm-hmm. went to one of those, and we met a therapist there, and we ate lunch with them. And the first thing that they told us is what I would tell anybody getting in this field, trainings. Get as much training so you can do this ethically, and you can do this the best route, and you know what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of coaches out there who are who, who are really great people and who are actually naturally good at this. Mm-hmm. But there's also coaches out there who are just doing it there's no certification they've had no training. they're just kind of going at the seat of their pants mm-hmm. which is which is i there's no judgment on my end that's that's great there's so many people that need help right there's so many people need that but the trainings offer something that just kind of doing it on your own doesn't like it offers you a direction to go and ethics most importantly right like the neat thing about ethics is is that they offer the same type of ethical training in those trainings as they do with with therapists, with LCDCs, with 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 you know LPCs. They they, mm-hmm. they want you to live by the same standard mm-hmm. that therapists do. Right, right. Um, so t- trainings is the number one thing. The number uh, two uh, Speaking
0: of that, what uh, um, and not to put you on blast or toot your own horn or however you want to look at it, but what uh, what uh, certifications do you uh, actually have?
2: Well, there's only one cer- There's only two certifications. D- well. Depending on what route you go, if you're strictly sure. going, if you're st- strictly going recovery, there's only one certification that actually matters, mm-hmm. like that's relevant, mm-hmm. and sure. that's the that's the RSPS or sure. what was called PRSS because right. that's through the state of Texas. You were as you were you were certified through the state of Texas mm-hmm. to be a, be a recovery support specialist. Right. If you're also doing the mental health along with that or you're going the mental health route, then it's the MHPS, right? Sure. Because that allows you, and, and people ask this all the time, so how can you get that certification? You gotta graduate through high school and you've had to go through mental health stuff, right? Like, right. like, like you have to have history with oh, mental yeah, health, yeah, yeah. personality disorder, mental health disorder, any of that stuff. Recovery-wise, you have to be someone who's in recovery, right, right. like that's part of it. Yeah. Um, and those, what, those are the qualifications, right? Um, and, and those are the certification that matter. Right. right. Now, depending on the field you're getting in, like if you're wanting to do trainings, um, I think it's important. I would recommend anybody to, to if they have the ability to do school, mm-hmm. anybody who has the ability to do school, get into Eastfield College and, and navigate through the LCDC. There's so much, I was so easily able to navigate through those classes mm-hmm. and still are navigating through those classes. My wife almost has hers. She's almost done. Mm-hmm. I have about another year left. Mm-hmm. I was able to navigate through those classes because of those trainings. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. The trainings that we've already been taught, I've been able to apply to classes what has made them really easy to navigate through? So just to, to kind of right. justify life experience. life you know, to ju- already, yeah, to yeah. justify the the training. So sure. CCMI is a good training, right? But the certification isn't gonna like like that. There's no special certification with right. that that gets you certified through the state of Texas. The only one that matters as far as like certifications are the RSPS and MHPs, right? But but all the trains we've attended, we've gotten something. from I got gotcha, you. Yeah. You know, arise is a clinical model intervention. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're they're great. Judith Landau is phenomenal. Um. You know, we probably got. Uh, more do you <laughs>
0: still have interventions as a part of your uh, 100%. As a part of your? Yeah. Hundred yeah, okay. yeah. percent.
2: All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We. Uh, did you want to say yeah, something? John? I wanted
1: to back up. You talked about how to get, like, how do you get clients?
2: Yeah. Especially. Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, and I'm just imagining now, uh, because this is uh not everybody's doing this right mm-hmm. like you can google uh, rehab for my son and you'll find all of the places especially the ones that can afford a really high google listing i imagine somebody maybe sent this episode uh for their kid who may be, and there may be a family watching at some point mm-hmm. saying like well how do i know i can trust like what is this and blah 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 Something that differentiates the behavioral health or, like, the treatment industry from, say, the medical field or whatever is, like, we're, we lean very heavily on referrals, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. business to business, provider to provider. What Henry was talking about is, like, as treatment professionals, we almost have, like, an ethical obligation to know what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, there are places that can be all things to all people and whatever you're struggling with. Somebody read about it in a book in college and you can talk to them and we'll bill your insurance to do that. But... Uh, in a big way, like we're all doing something more specific than
0: that. Well, and, and I mean, your, your job and what you do, wi- is which that. is great, is, is marketing for Brazos. Yep. So shout out to Brazos. Well, what but I want to make clear to yeah. the,
1: the families that may be watching is get with somebody, right? Like somebody in Henry's position. Somebody get with a treatment professional who seems to be well connected to the community they work in. And be specific about what your son's walking through, what your child is walking through, what your loved one is walking through, whoever it is, so that you can have the best bet in finding them the care that they need, right? right. mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's huge, because you go to a doctor's office, we just had a baby, right? And Mm -hmm. they were like, you need a pediatrician. And I was like, well, (laughs) by the way, congrats on that. I'm (laughs) a little disappointed you didn't name the child Kelly, but go ahead. I'll let it slide. Uh, And we were like, well, uh, because i know about you know referrals and all. i was like mm-hmm. well can we get a list of you know yeah, good you pediatricians <laughs> they're like well we don't have that but i'll google some that are nearby <laughs> right it's like well <laughs> I, don't, I don't just want the guy who's closest to the house i want someone who's going to take care of I'm my myself th- i'm not a place to eat right i'm like looking ex- for a place to eat exactly <laughs> and so like that sets us apart and like we have an ethical and like obligation to maintain integrity right. around what we do and what we're trying well, to do. Well, and
0: out. real quick, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to get uh, Mr. Berwick involved in this situation, and you were talking about youth and recovery. Why don't you tell them a little bit, uh, like, of your story, and then, you know, how... Uh, I mean, because you're a relatively young guy. You're, what, tw- 20, 20 and some change, Yeah, i 24 years old, yeah.
3: So that's the... That's the big thing of why, like, you know, I fell in love with this because, you know, like Uh, I started struggling with addiction when I was like 14, 15, 16 years old and, you know, started my recovery journey around then. And, you know, and it took like seven, eight more years of some tough shit to get to finally get sober. And so, you know, that's why I fell in love with what, like, you know, Henry was doing because. You know, I'm thinking about it now. Like, you know, I don't regret the years that I had to go through to get to where I'm at now, but like, I wish I would have known sooner of what I possibly could have done different or had those seeds planted. Because, you know, getting thrown in, you know,
0: treatment at that young age, like Henry said, it exactly. Well, how, right. did, how, how did it go for you? I mean, obviously, okay, th- this is what I, I find amazing about what I know about Blake's story. Uh, you know, he's from a fairly affluent bl- background, which a lot of these kids are. Uh, and Josh included, and um, you know, th- how does how does that happen? Like, h- how does how does y- you just go from? I mean, I get the whole beer thing because I guess it's maybe a rite of passage. I don't know. I'm I'm justifying it that way, <laughs> but uh, you know, how does how does it just go? Oh, okay, heroin, dude. I mean, because when I was a kid. I got I, I, I got the memo, somebody slipped me and goes, there's a high probability that you're not going to be able to get off of this shit, and you're going to be doing some really shady shit to keep doing that habit. So, like, I mean, how does an affluent uh, young boy from Oklahoma – no, Get not from Oklahoma, no. Kelly. Where are you from? Dude? So that's the thing. I grew up in South Lake, Texas. Well you're an OU so, yeah. fan, so no. I have I always identify you yeah, with that, that's fair. With so our backyard yeah, like, with you know, our backyard.
3: I grew up like, you know, with like, you know, I had everything like, you know, I needed and like basically what I wanted. So like that's always the funny thing like to think about now. It's like I didn't have many, you know, it's not like my childhood was hard. You know like it was it was an easy childhood you know i played sports had successful in sports you know school you know socially but then it's like you know i used those things to like justify what i was doing you know started socially drinking like on the weekends mm-hmm. smoking weed okay then it, then it involves cocaine like you said like you know i did i did coke or like adderall so i could drink more you know that was <laughs> okay, that was dude, what we did <laughs> yeah go, right dude, that's yeah. the thing to, that <laughs> right. was the thing to do you know right. you can rally snort some coke yeah and so, like, we did that, and then it started progressing into, like, you know, hey, I have I heard about these things that, like, you know, that'll, like, hit harder, like, called oxys. So I was ah. like, oh, shit, like, let's do some oxys. And then it was right. like, hey, like, I found the next thing. And it was, like, some fentanyl. And, you know, we, we tried that in high school, and then, you know, I just used the excuse of, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm in sports, I'm doing all these things. Like, I had... I should be allowed to have fun. And, you know, fun for me was getting super fucked up with all my friends and, you know, like partying. Like That's what we did for fun. Sure. You know, any activity related that we did, we had to be fucked up for. So we did that. And then I go to college, you know, I go into the University of Oklahoma. And then, you know, there's no there's no one around. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm alone I'm just, uh, like uh, me myself uh, and uh, I all your user buddies were yeah there. exactly yeah. no but it oh, was and like all I your was user all parents. your user buddies didn't go to college what yeah <laughs> no like there was no parents I didn't right. have to like come home with oh, my yeah. mom and dad sure sure like I sure. was
3: like I, ha- I can do whatever I wanted right and so you know I took that idea and it went horribly I failed all my classes first first semester freshman year did you happen to oversleep for any of this Oh, I just barely went. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I was too busy, <laughs> right. like, getting high. Sure. And then, so, you know, I took all those again, and, you know, just every semester was, like, a, it was a fuck-up, and then the next semester was, like, make that back up to gain some trust back with the parents. And then just steadily, like, you know, getting oxy-shipped from Texas, because, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't, at that time, like, I wasn't, like, comfortable enough to, like, venture out to try to find some, like, in the area. Right. But then here comes, like, sophomore year, and it was, like, I was buying some weed, and he was, like, hey, man, like do you like oxys? And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> my, like my God man. has answered my prayers. <laughs> like, and then like, you know, and then it just took off from there, right. you know, going sure. like maybe once a week every other day to every day to multiple times a day and i was driving to like edmond oklahoma so like i was you was were like doing the
0: legwork dude yeah <laughs> so i was like spending majority <laughs> were, of my day up so to eight you, hours so basically like all of us in this room yeah you, it became your job yeah exactly yeah, getting my high, job to go get high and 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 chasing that high yeah became your job like i'll never
3: forget driving to edmond uh-huh. studying
0: for a test <laughs> with like my laptop <laughs>
3: textbooks all out all right. in my car like, just drive, like, once I get this dope, like, I'll be okay. Because once it's going to make it. me study better. Yeah, like, <laughs> because I, will, Oxycont- I will pass this test.
0: And Oxycontin makes me really <laughs> tune in. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so
3: I went, that was that same day I went to get some Oxy,
0: mm-hmm. and the
3: guy came back, you know, I was always middlemanning it, and the mm-hmm. guy came back with meth and heroin. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're going to love this, man. And I was like, I don't know, I've heard really bad things about this <laughs> stuff, guy. The and memo. He was like. The memo. And then I was like, well, I, sp- I spent my money. I'm not leaving here with nothing. Right. This sounds pretty good. Right. And then I went off to the races, uh, like down in my heroin addiction, and then the occasional meth. I got meth, you. Because, like, you know, the roller coaster, I was oh. like, let's ride the shit out of that. Right. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. And
0: then, you know, got pulled well, from okay, school. So as, so as as the youngest person in this room, what would you – recommend to a parents or and or people out there struggling with addiction like if they're you know sober curious or if a parent wants um you know to get their kid help what would you what would you recommend i mean i know that's a really you know broad question but i mean is there one thing that sticks out you know that you would that would come to your mind i mean like kind of what josh was saying like you know
3: under 18 like parents like seek seek professional help you know mm. get like you know assessments kind of like knowledge of things to do like and that's and for the parents like because we yeah, know the, the kids parents, yeah we know the kids aren't gonna do yeah that. there's no way <laughs> in hell the kids gonna do that but <laughs> right. then you know it got to the point with me at a certain age like i just had to have my own experience with it you know sure. i had to i had to fall on my ass and my parents had to had to stop rescuing me mm. and you know once they finally pulled that safety net out from under me and let me crash and burn that last time i was like shit I guess I, I've got to try something different this time because they're not there to save my ass mm-hmm. for like the hundredth time.
0: And then, what would you recommend to to like kids, like guys your age? I call you a kid, sorry, but uh, uh, you know, what would you say to to younger guys out there that are that are sober curious, like? Uh, I mean, it only gets worse. <laughs> Good you know, luck. I found that out from my experience, <laughs> like
3: right. doing what we're doing. It only gets worse. You know, never gets better. So, mm-hmm. I mean.
0: Oh, right shit. yeah, that's uh, a, yeah. <laughs> enjoy the ride while yeah. it l- enjoy the enjoy ride the while, fun while, it still while it's yeah, yeah, while it's still actually fun, yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't mean to uh totally cut you off, but uh you know i i think that's well, a you're compelling, fun. you're totally fun it's yeah. a c- i think it's a compelling story just because uh you know i mean it's it it's it, it affects it it knows no boundaries, you know and and it it's not just a specific. You know, race, creed, color, income bracket—you know—it's all over the place. So, but uh, Henry, I didn't mean to take you off your of your circle. Um, But I was going to say, what you know, from a more, uh, I guess, years of experience. Uh, in recovery what would you say to like uh, you know parents and stuff like that I mean obviously or or to a kid how would you approach a kid like let's say you see a kid at a meeting or wherever a church and you know they're off the wheels I mean how do you approach him? you just try to talk to em or or what goes on
2: I'm a really big believer in Uh, People need to have their own experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and and so in saying that, like as a parent, because I've been on both sides of this, I've walked through this with my own son. Mm -hmm. um, And so like, you know, navigating through it, you know, when a parent's going through something like this, they're in they're in a crisis mode. Mm -hmm. we don't get, we don't, we don't, we don't get instruction manuals on how to be a parent. I would probably say today that like, you know, there'd definitely be some chapters on some things that are relevant today in in 2022. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but I think they would be very brief. And so like getting as much information as possible. Um, you know, one of the things that, that with us that, that that's a little bit different is, is that I can, I can share my story with my own son, but everybody has to have their own experience you can't force somebody into a place to do something you know, oh, yeah, when you a can't, par- when a you parents can't force them into yeah.
0: something they don't want yeah sure.
2: exactly as far as kids go man i mean i man intuition right like like i think it's really natural for me um, to talk to anyone mm-hmm. you know so if i was at church or or anywhere else right like like and, and there was a kid struggling you know i, I and i can tell or, or whatever i think i'm th- the most important the most important thing any human being can do with any other human being is let them know that they're loved. Right. Right. And how do you do that? You don't. Hey, well, you don't just randomly go up to me, Hey, man, I love you. You know, like like. It'll like, okay. <laughs> be a great they're, conversation when starter. When they when they are kids, that'd be that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be that'd be that's where the liability comes in, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's where right. the whole insurance but, but, thing comes but, but, in there. Right. But you know, um, you know, because with kids specifically, it's it there there needs to be some permission there. But definitely just letting them know, like, hey, man, how's it going, right? Like, like be, be different, right? Like, like, ask them about themselves. You know, we see it all the time where, where people come in who are distant and not really there and not really present because they don't know. Right. They, d- they don't know. The well, biggest a lot they of times they, 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 they,
0: yeah, they don't have those connection skills. Or maybe that's even a reason why they're right. using is because they're uncomfortable in their own skin. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I'll tell you, you asked a question, and I know we're getting pretty close to, yeah. to wrapping up. But right. I know you asked a question about referral sources. Our, honestly, our, our biggest is our families. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, my dad said this the other day, and, God, I, I love their families so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, he said, you know, the difference with you with every other recovery process we went through down this whole road was you did exactly what you said you do. We do the best we can to kind of become part of their family. You know we we we're in it with them we're in it with the trenches with them we're 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 walking through all these situations that's going on and we become part of their family so man the biggest the biggest thing we have is our families and we have facilities that you know like like we don't rely on the facility but they get on it they they their families will for sure send a send a private message to one of the families on their service call and say hey the, the you need to call this guy. So when someone asks me, you know, like, have, you know, you know, what validity you have, we, we know that parents. I can give them a list of families that, in a heartbeat would talk to them and tell them what all we, we did. And that's the cool thing about it is mm-hmm. that like these families get involved and these families talk to the families about the process. And it, it's great to hear that we were a big part of the process, but they did the work. Oh yeah, they yeah, did yeah. the work, and that's the piece that I was talking about, like having your own experience they have to be at a place to have an experience. Mm. A lot of times when they're in an exponential crisis, like their 15-year-old's getting messed up, they just want to get their kid help, right? Like, that's the reality of it. We, right. we And they don't realize that, the, that their family system may play a role. They don't realize that, like, the kid has bigger fish than the fact right. that he's using I And, like I, and I, li-
0: I like to take this time to uh, point out, I always say that um, make, make sure if, you, if you're coming off of, drugs and or alcohol make sure it's medically supervised like a medically supervised detox because i mean you know just even with alcohol you know you can you can die from that you can 100%. have seizures so i want to get that i think that that is a huge part you know i mean it was the st- it was the start of my journey because a i didn't think I, I i could not physically stop drinking No. i could not do it and and the thing is is you know okay 10 days is cool right okay hey man i can actually function but then that window of clarity for like 30 days um you know was paramount because it gave me a little time for the fog to lift and go oh yeah <laughs> passing out and hitting your head uh on your nightstand uh on a regular basis uh, passing out while djing on the decks oh that's not normal, you know? And, I mean, it really (laughs) did because it wasn't – I didn't have a problem, and I didn't want to admit that I had a problem. But with that window of clarity, uh, you know, it was paramount that 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 happened. And then, obviously, the work afterwards where a guy like you would come in – I know I'm a little long in the tooth, uh, you know, to to be a client of yours, but, you know, I I think anything that anybody can do um, after – um, you know, aftercare, as far as you know, staying sober and in recovery is 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 something you need to do, um, or it goes stale. It's like a, it's like a, what what they say, a faith uh, uh, acts without faith, or faith, faith without acts. I've been
2: sober coming up on nine years, right? And I still do therapy. I, I, yeah. I have mentors in my life, I right? You st- have I, people you I, can I, call. I, I I do that. Right. Anybody getting in this field. And I'll say this because I kind of went on a little semi-minor, couple of minute, you know, heading in the direction of a tangent earlier about this, mm-hmm. but something else I would say to somebody is this: If you're getting into this work, you need to take care of yourself. If you're getting in this work to make a shit ton of money, yeah, then, then, then you know what? Yeah, yeah, you may make a shit ton of money, right. but you're not going to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Like you really like it's, it's, not, it, it's not what this is about. Right. And unfortunately, this field, this particular field of coaching, it, 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 where it started is the reason it happened. And because it started there, mm-hmm. it, it's put this big emphasis that this is some sort of big time, man, I can become a coach and just make thousands and thousands of dollars. We will lose money. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Like the, the fact that this has turned into a, a great business for us and that's what we do is great. I love that. But the piece that allows us to be a part of that family is like they know that we will bend and we will shift and we will do whatever we got to do to meet them where they're at. And that's financially mm-hmm. like that. That's what we're all about. Right. Uh, we, th- th- this is, this is about helping other people and whatever we have to lose to do that, we'll do it. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. we a business? Sure. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you right now our, our the, what we charge to do what we do is significantly different than right. what a lot of people do. And, and, and I, and I, and I don't feel any way about that other than the fact that I feel like I'm ethical and I'm doing what we can do to help Sure. Others. But I will also say this, that there are other people out there that charge significantly different that do really great work. Mm-hmm. We have people that we work with that have different price points and what they do, mm-hmm. and there are reasons that they do it. I know a guy right now that, that he's significantly different in cost, but the guy's been in the industry for what, 20 years? Mm-hmm. You know, 30 years, mm-hmm. and, and, and he's phenomenal at right. doing what he does. Like, he, he goes and does workshops with families at treatment facilities. Mm-hmm. He's a mentor of mine.
0: Well, you guys, you know? but, I mean, don't sell yourself short because you guys are doing H&I all the time. I mean, I know, and Blake included, um, you know, I mean, I know you guys are, are spreading the message and going out there and, and 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 spreading, you know, that message of hope, you know. But uh, I guess you know this uh, we're, we're kind of running along. So somebody said that you like to talk, and I was like,
2: oh, Henry, no
0: <laughs> Henry doesn't
2: like to talk. Well, I like to no. talk about this." No, 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 I and I love it. I love it because
0: yeah. I love it because your passion actually, yeah. you know, it shows through. It shows through, and it shows through that you actually care, and you know. Uh, well, let's give your uh, the website. I mean, I know it's up here, um, but it's boycefamilyrecovery yep, Boyce dot, B-O-Y-C-E yes, yeah. dot com. Yep, boycefamilyrecovery dot com. B o y c e. Yes, sir. family dot com. Yep. And, um, you know, if they want to check out or get in touch with you or just even, you know, get a consultation. Yeah. And um, we
2: do. And just, you know, we we do. We don't charge for a phone call. Right. You know, if we end up assessing and figure out we need to sit down and do like a full consultation on the family system, we do mm-hmm. something there. But sure. You know, I've jumped on hours with families and like that's not what we're about. We're right. about taking a call and seeing how we can help or seeing who can help.
0: Sure. So, yeah. No. And I love it. And I want to thank you for your time and thanks yeah. for coming out. And um, let's ha- oh, well, I need to get to this real quick. Uh, I need to get to my shot, mine and Blake's shot, just yep. because we're handsome. Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, also need to give a shout-out to our sponsor, which is lovely Summer Sky, uh, which is uh, summersky.us, and that is 888-857-8857. Once again, that's 888-857-8857. Good people. If you're looking for help, if you can't do it on your own, uh, they're there for you in Stephenville, Texas. And uh, what uh, what better place to get sober than a small town in Texas, huh? <laughs> mm, for real. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just want to – I'm going to do the overhead shot. I forgot we got the, the rave cam, dude, the security cam, because uh, I know that, s- uh, that, <laughs> that Henry's going to try to lift that pen later, so uh, we've got security watching him <laughs> right now. It's a good pen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Josh, I want to thank you for filling in. And, obviously, you're welcome back on the show. Uh, any shout-outs you have?
1: Uh, No, not really. Just Brazos. Okay. Man, like long-term treatment for men, especially treatment-resistant guys who have been trying to do this for a
0: long time. Yeah. Anominal well, you were, you were one of those... Uh, yeah, one of those guys, a few right? times
1: the treatment, and I needed a place that was willing to to go the extra mile for me and right. keep
0: me there as long as they could. And <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Henry, any shout out
2: uh, for you? I mean, oh man, I I you know shout out the Brazos too. What a phenomenal place. I mean, there's loads of places that that I I. I but I, I mean, adore. anybody in your life? Yeah, of course, my wife <laughs> and my four children, I know on Corbin. I love them. That's why. There we go. Right. Oh wait, let
1: me do that too. Chelsea Rogers, love of my life. Little Lyle. Lion, Y, Jordan, <laughs> sweet little baby.
2: Erica Boyce. Erica's <laughs> tight. yeah. What's up, is, sis? This is getting super weird now. Very individualized. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Uh, <laughs> Blake, uh, who do you want to shout to? Yeah, my
2: mom. I want to shout out to my mom. <laughs> I love Shout out to my mom. My <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah. Just. Yeah. Got yeah, any out You want to shout out to your roomie, Ryan D. What's yeah, that? shout out Ryan D. Happy birthday, man! Today, <laughs> happy oh, birthday, birthday, Ryan! Ryan, happy birthday,
3: birthday big dog! So love that. We'll happy have, birthday! Uh, we'll have a bachelor party tonight. <laughs> <and finally. laughs>
2: I'll, I'll be a surprise guest. Yeah, that's Wear something I scandally. I will.
0: Right. <laughs> and b- uh, bring. Uh, Vape juice for uh, <laughs> <kids> and, uh, <laughs> golden shower. It's going to look like a cigar lounge. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well, hey, but thanks for stopping by, dude. Um, no problem. Thank yeah. you for having me. Uh, did you have anybody you want to shout out? I mean, besides Ryan D, or is that? No. shout out my mom. Well, there you go. Okay. And my father. Okay. All right. Don't forget your sister.
3: Oh yeah, shout out Brooke Berwick. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. She sucks at I softball.
0: Uh shots fired shots fired (laughs) (laughs) well hey uh, as as (laughs) I like to close out I want to thank you all for coming on Um, just remember guys there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was we would all take too many that was a good one you like that one as I I can't get this to fire there we (laughs) go sorry man (laughs) Don't, don't
2: Don't bot drop the box down <laughs>